Hello readers, I'm your co-host Sanaya, here with Courtney Hodges, and today we want to talk to you about... In countless works of art, it is an object of fascination. The moon, it was said, could change a person. But in order to see the moon in its glory, you need to be in the darkness. With each phase, the moon bears witness to different aspects of not only our lives, but the lives of those around us. So what do we see when the moon is gone? What happens when the shadows absorb us in all our secrets? If you're interested in the next phase of this story, then you'll like this poem, Moonlit Realizations by Aaron Shen. But before we get into this episode, I wanted to take a moment to direct your attention over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash echolitmag. All money goes to our nonprofit. We'll also be promoting an opportunity for community service. Read in our podcast to earn two credit hours. Look out on our socials for this opportunity. Waiting. You wake to the sound of glass, swapping the impact-induced stars for sight. Wincing at your sunset-bruised skin, you tumble across concrete like a stale coin toss, ready to confess. But when your eyes swell like the bare coin bag in your hand, with every toss that ends in another, you only have one choice, which is to draw. Waning. In solitude, you try to recall yesterday's skin-deep dream, backhanded remarks as he cleared the cards. Through captivity, you learn that the saturated smell of metal rusting over every bet strings more than its sound. That under the impression of love, there is cupidity, which deals more time than love. As your eyes trace his lips and the edges of his cigar, he sits there, mustached, smoking his dreams. Your ears turn numb from saccharine comments that auto-populates on his tongue with every loss. That darling, I am doing this so we can sustain a life. Once more, he reaches down to forfeit his coins, giving up more than he owns, waning. As you now lay alone in a yoke of prayers, reflecting as the silver coin watches in a smoky cumulus of mountains, you tell the story, and the next over again, that you created a cycle holding you back always. You've gambled your life for his and given him chances that only brought you into his shadows, the clunking sound of money that strikes his fingertips, green and aching. In burnt out daylight, you sit in front of judgment. Every month, you absorb the glow of the moon, exchanging your emptiness for fuel, a phase you felt closest to escaping. He was always hungry when you were fullest, and next to him, you find yourself slowly waning in existence. With his greed, there will always be darkness clinging to all sides of you. New moon. For the first time, you choke on freedom, stinted when your eyes are drawn to the breaths of night, the flickering shadows towering over you, Outlining a figure, which you have given up on, only to find a flickering street lamp, flaking and blackened. And you look up again at the dark skies, wondering what might be different, and you realize that when the light is stolen, so has the shadows. You feel your mascara drip like the quill-punctured letters eons ago, the broken promises that you've forgiven for a chance to love tonight. Okay, so how do you think the use of the moon phases contributed to the different stages of the relationship? I think it's really interesting because the moon phases follow throughout the poem and they, they have like little headings for each stanza and it shows like how she's trapped in this relationship, whether it be a paternal or marital, but she's trapped with this man who thinks he's only doing what's best, but he's really hurting the relationship. And then towards the end, the new moon, the new opening, this is a new moment for her to be able to live her life. And um, I particularly love the line where it says, for the first time you choke on freedom. I feel like that's such a powerful line because I kind of imagine like sobbing or also like you have so much you don't know what to do with it, you know? Yeah, I, I get that because like 
when you go from being in a trapped situation, much like that's talked about throughout the rest of the and then you have this situation where you're no longer trapped, you're free, like you don't know what you to do with yourself sometimes. And it's kind of like a bittersweet moment because on one hand you're free, but you've gotten so used to the other things in life, which is why I think you get used to things waning and waning and waning, and then there's a new moon, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you do now? I like that. That's a good way to put it. I kind of forget that new moon and full moon is like the opposite. <laughs> I was thinking that it was a full moon, which is a new moon. Yeah. Um, that is such an interesting though, Heather. You have she had this thing and she was slowly losing it, but in losing it, there was this freedom that came from it. Yeah. Um, also, there was a cool line when it mentioned um, how whenever you are fullest, you were like she was being. He was always hungry when she was the fullest, and I think that's interesting because it goes into the whole like whenever you have something, they constantly want to take it from you. They seem to always need it when you finally have it. And that's why I feel like the moon is kind of like a good indication of this because when the moon finally has it, the, it changes, the thing changes. This, um, the, it slowly loses part of itself. And once it's full, that's it. Kinda. Yeah. So I thought that was really neat. Um, but thank you for coming and talking about this with <laughs> me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you for everyone who listened into this podcast. Make sure that you check out uh, echolitmag.com for more access to podcasts or if you want to read Moonlight Realizations for yourself. This episode of Echoes Hollow was produced and edited by Courtney Hodges and hosted by Courtney Hodges and Sonia Wiggins. This week's poem was read by Kaylin Matthews. And remember, kids, if you want to attract that special little someone in your life, assembling a 1,500-piece Lego set is a form of mating dance. Don't look it up. <laughs>